You're listening to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. With over 1.5 million downloads, this is the place to be for all your short-term rental knowledge as part of the Vacation Rental Formula Business School. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship of Price Labs, who will help increase your revenue and occupancy with their dynamic pricing and revenue management tools. Price Labs have just launched their 2023 breakthrough release of the next generation of revenue management. This brand new cutting edge solution leverages hyper local data to optimize rates and increase your revenue like never before. Visit the link in the description of this episode for more information. Without further delay, here's your host, Heather Bayer. Sometimes we go down that deep, dark hole of acronyms and jargon, and it can be so easy to forget what it all means, or we even make up what we think they mean. And I've done that. The world of dynamic pricing and revenue management is so full of jargon. And in this episode, we're going to draw back the curtains and explain it all in terms even I can understand. I'm joined by my longtime friend, Thibaut Masson, who is going to make it all come clear for us. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I am super delighted to be back with you once again. As you just heard in the intro there, we're delighted to welcome Price Labs as our show sponsor for the next 10 weeks. Before we kick off into the show and my interview with Thibaut Masson, I wanted to share a bit about what it means for us to work with a sponsor. I've been in the vacation rental business for over 25 years and 20 of those were as a property manager. And over that time, I've seen so many new companies that deliver services to this industry come and go. I've talked to hundreds of managers and independent hosts who've used these services and products. And I've met many of the suppliers at conferences and networking meetings. And there are some I would not endorse, not because they don't do the job. And I'm sure they have very happy customers, but because I just don't know enough about them at least not enough for me to feel confident to recommend them to you. I met the Price Labs team in Barcelona in May and I've known their head of product marketing, Thibaut Masson, for many years. Thibaut's the founder of Rental Scale Up, a leader in industry news with one of the best weekly newsletters that I've ever come across. He's also the owner of Vacation Rentals in Bali and St. Bart's. Uh, just heads up, Thibaut, those are two places on my bucket list. In his role with Price Labs, he's a trailblazer for revenue management, so was just the right person to draw back the curtain on dynamic pricing and explain the ins and outs of data, of algorithms, how to get started or even advance your current revenue management strategies. We'll also hear about Price Labs' breakthrough release, which brings hyperlocal data trends, performance metrics, and so much more. Wow, that's a lot to cover. So without further ado, Let's go on over to my chat with Thibaut Masson. So I am super delighted to have back with me, after a long period of time, Thibaut Masson. Thibaut, it's been, uh, I thought it was just eight years, but it's you were on episode 30 of the podcast, then episode 103, and now we're at 520 something. So welcome back. Well, thank you, Heather. It's a pleasure to be here. And hello, everyone. And, and, and oh, no, episode 500 something does say about the power <laughs> that you have, you know, the commitment over the years, you know, uh, you doing this podcast. It's just amazing. And, and there's so many podcasts around, right? It's, it's hard to do podcasts after one year. So how long has it been? Eight years? Nine, nine uh, years? Nine, nine years. It will actually be, we'll have our 10th anniversary oh, wow. in January of next year. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. And we should be up to 600 episodes and well on our way to 2 million downloads by then. Congrats. Which is, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I look at those numbers somehow and I think, oh my gosh, is that really that many people who've been listening? But you know, there could be some around who listen to episode 30 and then episode 103 and think, oh, I remember that guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> those, those people who don't already know you, because I did mention in the introduction, you are the author of one of my favorite newsletters, the Rental Scale Up newsletter, which I absolutely love. We all get hit with so many newsletters in our inboxes. Yours is one of only three that I actually open. Oh, wow. I'm very honored. <laughs> I've got a fresh on my shoulders now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even save it to Evernote so I come back to it when I've got some time to sit down and read it. So that is testament to what a great newsletter it is. So uh, just for everybody who's out there listening, if you're not already subscribed to Tebow's newsletter, please go to the show notes and you can sign up through the link there or just Google rental scale. Is it rental scale hyphen up? One word, yeah. rental scale up. Just one word. <laughs> All rental right, rental scale, rental scale up. We'll just Google it. You'll find it and yeah. uh, and subscribe. You'll find that that's really worth it's a it. Free so, newsletter. Timo, that's yeah. <laughs> that's a free newsletter. Yeah. For those who don't know you, can you give us a bit of a recap? You've had a varied career in this in this industry. You know what 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 have been the highlights over the years, and uh, what are you doing now? Hmm. So it all started in my 20s with, with my ex. We basically spent some time on a small French island called St. Bart's. And we, you know, we saw these nice houses on the island. We're like, wow, it's beautiful. Let's just, let's just talk to a property manager and pretend we are interested in buying a place like this. And it's, you know, this is, which is called villa hopping on the island. It's a thing. And of course, property managers hate this because it's such a waste of time. But again, it was some time ago. And we did this and, and we talked with this, this guy. It was just amazing. He's like, you know what? You, this is a house you're seeing here, but actually, you know, it's not a house. It's a business because on the islands, 70% of the guests will come and stay in a villa. So the whole island lives from villa rentals. Oh, villa rentals. Okay. And you know what? So this, this one of the villas we're going to visit is for sale. It's not the fanciest, not at all. It's not the fanciest at all. But if you go to local bank, because you're a French citizen, this is a French island, and there's already bookings for next year. There's already revenues that will stream in next year. They know that it's in the books. I know because I'm the property manager. It's in my books. So the the, the bank certainly is going to be able to lend you money. So, of course, we both had a good job in Paris. But again, we're like, oh, that's interesting. And we thought about this, negotiated a bit the price. And boom, in, in our 20s, basically, we owned the villa in, a, in the Caribbean, which sounds fancy, especially as we could not afford an apartment back in Paris. Again, I was... More than 25 years ago, things have changed. But again, not a fancy house, but it sounds great. So that's how it got started. And uh, it was great. And again, I was working with a villa uh, property, a property manager out there, being a remote you know, host, not even a host at the time, because I was not doing anything. You know, it was fantastic. It was just getting, I had to be back alone, but I was getting the money. The property manager was doing everything, marketing the villa, welcoming people at the airport, guiding them to the villa. And, you know, and guests can be sometimes demanding. They were handling everything. It was fantastic. And then at some point, we built a house in Bali. Again, you have to go to episode number 30 of the whole story. But, but that's, we, we said, we're going to do the same. We're going to build a house there. And it's way cheaper than St. Bart's. Fantastic. And we're going to give the keys to a property manager. But we went to see a big property manager there. Like we lo- they said, we love your villa, but we're not going to take it on board. We're like, why not? Just because it's just too far. We, we were basically, we're like an hour and a half away from the city center of Seminyak, the big center in, of Bali. It's just too far for this person to send an employee and back if there was anything in the house. So I'm like, oh, wow, I have to get direct bookings. <laughs> How do I do that? This is when I started listening to a certain podcast, which is this one, this very podcast. Basically, I started reaching out to people who knew some things about this and tried to get bookings. And as I was doing this, I started writing about it. So I started blogging about it. So that's how it got started. I started to like, you know what? I'm, I'm running my thing my, for my own small business, but I'm going to write about it. And then suddenly I was talking about it. For some reason, I was invited at conferences to speak about this. And I started you know, uh, to get direct bookings. I started, for example, getting bigger on Instagram early on. So now in St. Bart's, we have one, one of the biggest Instagram accounts because we had to compete with property managers out there, right? Also to get direct bookings. Like, mm, I, you know, I'm getting direct bookings in Bali, we're not St. Bart's. And while doing this, I was able to get more visible in industry. And for example, for five years, I joined Booking.com. At the time, Booking.com was trying to compete with Airbnb for the first time. They had been disrupted 
what I mean by that is like, you know, first booking.com is like, no, we're, we're all about hotels. Who cares about vacation rentals? Who cares about these things? Right. And Airbnb came and just add that pie. And they're like, Oh, we have to react. We have to bring in people from the vacation rental industry. So how I was, I had, so I spent five years at headquarters at, at booking.com trying to adapt the product from hotels to vacation rentals. It was very interesting because I got to learn how big company thinks and acts or doesn't act sometimes and why it sucks sometimes. Sorry for my words, or sometimes it works out. And one of the things I had to do there also in my job, also had to look at whatever Airbnb was doing and report this back to the leadership team at booking.com. So I left booking. I started blogging again, of course, blogging about the industry, about booking.com, Airbnb, uh, about new technology. And as I was doing this, I was also doing some consulting for some com- tech companies in industry because I always liked tech. I was always liked tech. And one of the, my clients was Price Labs, which is a dynamic pricing and revenue management platform. And we started talking and like, mm, we like rental scale up, but we like you as well. So why don't you join us? So that's how now rental scale up is part of Price Labs. And now I'm the head of product marketing at Price Labs, <laughs> really in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a great history. It's a history of complete absorption into in, into the industry. Can you imagine what would have happened if you hadn't done that villa hopping at the very outset? You may not isn't be here cra- at all. But isn't it fantastic, Heather? Also, how in the vacation rental industry, you talk with people. They always have had like, have had like four or five lives, change countries. It's such an amazing industry. You feel like it's like if you're an expat or something like this, the only way to survive abroad is, is to open a property management company who have a rental. It's, it, it, I find it fascinating, and that makes our industry so interesting. You have warm people, interesting people. That's, you know, always great stories after, you know, after going to a conference, you have a, you know, a drink, and you, have, you start talking with great people. I love this industry. <laughs> Oh yes, yes, me too. I mean, mine twenty-five years in, I still haven't lost that that passion. But you know, one thing that, and I'm segueing out now into sort of the topic of of this conversation, which is dynamic pricing and revenue management. And you know, I've I've had I, I ran a property company, property management company for twenty years. We did not adopt any real revenue management strategies over and above manually upping and downing some pricing because that's the way we felt like it, because we felt like it rather than on the back of any data. To let myself off the hook a little bit, I would say that in our area of Ontario, it took a long time before Airbnb got here and everybody did direct booking. So there was very little in the way of, of data. Of course, there is now. And, and I think if I was back in that company, which I sold a year, a year or more ago, if I was back there, I would be head deep into revenue management strategies. And that's what we're going to be talking about because I'm not the only one, I'm quite sure, that is either never done it or has started out and is not really sure how to carry it out. So I want to go back to the basics here of revenue management, dynamic pricing, and ask you first off, what is it and how does it work? So dynamic pricing. So dynamic pricing, it's it's got different names, right? It's it's called search pricing. If you ever book a book an Uber, uh, it's called mm, time based pricing. Sometimes in the uh, in the airline industry. So basically, it's, it's a business strategy. It's a business strategy where you set flexible prices for your services, for example, based on. Uh, certain factors such as the current market demand or the historical data you may have, no, no, but seasonal data, for example, or you know about uh, data you have about supply, competitor prices, or any other kind of market factors. So the idea is that you can have flexible prices. For example, the price you have tonight for a stay at your place is not going to be the price to, for to, that you're going to be displaying tomorrow because maybe tomorrow, I don't know, tomorrow is... Friday evening, you know, in, if today's Thursday, it doesn't make sense to, if it's a weekend destination, probably Friday is more expensive. Or maybe tomorrow evening, there's a big concert somewhere. You may or may not this, by the way, but some kind of software like Price Labs would know this kind of thing. So at least let's say by dynamic pricing, the, the bet is that with dynamic pricing, you'll be able to capture with access to data, capture this opportunity for you to increase your prices. But it's not just about increasing prices. For example, it's also being able to to, to uh, flex down your prices, reduce your prices. If, for example, it's able to say, 
historically, uh, that's a low season moment. And it's um, through data, it would be the software is able to look at, uh, for example, current bookings for next week, for example. It can say it's even lower than usual. So by this, it will basically start dropping your prices up until some kind of minimum that you're going you're to set. But again, this way, you don't have an empty place, right? It's really basically going to be able to react way faster than you can be. That's what dynamic pricing does. It's automating your price changes. Usually, it's like every 24 hours, basically, is going to recalculate all your prices for the next 300, 400 days in the future. It's, so it's really, really amazing. So it's a promise for more revenues, more flexibility. And as, as well, it's... It's also, it's a strategy, right? It's a tool, let's say. It's a tool. And since that, you could say, you know, with my dynamic pricing, maybe I, w- I want more revenues or maybe I want more occupancy, which is something you want to talk with with your homeowner sometimes. Though with the owner, you want to say, if an owner just wants more occupancy, you can say, you know what? I'm going to just use dynamic pricing to have more bookings as soon as I can and just drop prices as much as we should, we can, because my owner wants occupancy. So it's really, really just, just a, a strategy here. Okay, we're going to come back shortly and talk about owners because, you know, when when you're dealing with hundreds of owners, some of whom you you may have to convince about this type of strategy. But I want to um, just clarify for a moment, you've you've said that there are different expressions like time-based pricing and there was another that I wrote the note down. Search pricing. Search pricing look like service pricing in my notes. My, my handwriting is pretty awful. Search pricing, time-based pricing. Just give me the difference between dynamic pricing and revenue management because I, you hear them sometimes used interchangeably and I'm, I'm sure there is more of a, of a difference. Sure. Heather, early on you said you never had any revenue management strategies. I'm sure you did. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you're a seasoned business, business woman. You, you, know, you had a, a revenue management strategy in a sense that, for example, it was about uh, having high, low, uh, high season, low season prices, shoulder rates probably, some kind of like a discount strategy, uh, maybe some prices for early birds or not, last minute pricing. All this is in a way revenue management, right? Is you're taking action on your prices and on your minimum stays, you can talk about that later if you want, but you're going to take this to be so in a way to sculpt the demand. You're going to influence the demand by trying to manage your pricing or stay restrictions so that you can, for example, increase your number of bookings or increase the, your revenue potential. If, for example, you if you were to, the opposite would be basically having a flat price during the whole year. If you had a flat price in your whole year, you'd be missing out probably on some good opportunities or sometimes you'd be too high to get any booking. That's not managed. So you that's so revenue management is just like doing anything, <laughs> doing anything you can to at least try to attract more bookings and have more revenues. That's the, that's what it is. Now, as I just said, you can completely have flat flat pricing throughout the year or at least and it's not unheard of, right? On my island of St. Bart's, most properties, most properties are still still have a, a low season price, high season price, and then Christmas price. That's just these three rates for the whole year. It's it's not great because basically this lots of opportunity lost, but it's kind of revenue management in a way, but super basic. Dynamic pricing, as we just talked about, dynamic pricing would be I'm able to look at market trends, not just like historical data, but current market trends. Maybe last year things were booming. This year things are a bit more uncertain. So it's able to adapt my prices to the current demand. It still look at you know historical patterns, for example. It's also looking at current data. And it's going to do this every day. And every day is going to recalculate all my prices. So it just means that there's a lot of automation going on, a lot of access to data in a way that's it, it's not possible, basically, for, for, for a human, it would be cr- very difficult to do, right? But it's just the same thing. I mean, uh, what we did in the past was to have three rates for the whole year because that was manageable. That was manageable, right? It's easy enough, especially if you have to publish rates or negotiate prices with the owners. There's no way you would have negotiated 365 prices for the whole year. That was, that was crazy. That was, so, anyway, so dynamic pricing is one way, one technique to try to have a better revenue management. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We did operate revenue management, but we did have set it and forget it pricing. So we had high, low. In fact, for years, we just had a high season and a low season. That was it. And then 
And we had higher rates. Yeah, we had higher rates for long weekends, for Thanksgiving, for Labor Day, for Victoria Day and Christmas. And then, uh, yeah, so we did. It's just it was a set it and forget it. So, you know, there, there was there were a couple of bad years where we got through into June and we weren't achieving our revenue goals in terms of, of the bookings that we already had. And, and I can see now where we could have have been much more successful if we'd used, let's say, better revenue management strategies. Yeah, and, and, and also times as well, um, it all starts with data in a way, right? So all these tools, the first thing, they give you access to, lo- they have access to a lot of data. For example, Price Labs every day goes to Airbnb, Booking.com, Verbo, and just scans everything on their website to see how much prices are changing, how many bookings they're getting, to then get this data, process it, right? But even if, so basically any kind of tools like this, any tool in the market, will give you access to some kind of market reports. So even if you're on the fence about automating everything, at least you have access to this data that gives you an idea about are things changing? I know my market, but how are things this year? That's always useful to know, even if we know our markets. That's the first thing I would say. But another bit as well, I heard that's really important is that I said search pricing and I said Uber. If you ever tried to book an Uber and were the victim of some kind of search pricing when you realize the prices are doubling up, tripling because it's midnight, I'm in the middle of nowhere and I feel not safe and I want to be, I want to get out of here. You're like, you're outraged, right? There's also a notion of acceptance here, right? In some markets, if you have dynamic pricing, it means that some people we pay less, we pay more at some moments, right? It's obviously, uh, it means, you know, sometimes in some markets that are very traditional, guests may not be always happy. I've not seen away any kind of price. You're like, oh, you know, you know, you want to know what the price is. You have to enter the dates and see what the price is. In some markets, it may be still difficult in a way, a difficult conversation, right? For some guests. But now it, it's changed because if you go to booking.com, Airbnb, all these websites to book any hotel, any vacation rental, Prices are dynamic. Uh, I mean, uh, airlines introduced in the US dynamic pricing in 1983. So we kind of used to this. I was reading an article in the Financial Times this week where it's not going well is in London, for example, because they've started adapting dynamic pricing to beer. So if you go to the pub in London on some days, the pint is, I think, is uh, a pint of beer is like 20 pence more expensive because there's a lot of demand and people are like outraged by this, right? So, but in our industry, again, in travel industry, airlines, hotels have made it like um, uh, obvious. And Airbnb, if you're a host, Airbnb has its own dynamic pricing tool. So even smaller hosts do this, are doing it. Like smaller hosts have access to this technology. So if you're a property manager or a host that's not using this, basically you're not using the tools that this, even a small host who doesn't know much, has access to thanks to Airbnb. So that's that's where the, I think that's where the state of the industry is at the moment. So there's nothing wrong with habits. It's I completely respect this. Again, I'm, I'm in a market where it's like this, but the expectations are changing a bit as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. In my company, we were always, you know, we were a direct book company, uh, always 80 to 90% direct book. And up until 2020, when we got a new website, we had all our prices shown on the website. So that was yes. a yes. lot of years that we had, and and you know we, so so if we if we reduced the price, then reduced it on the website, and then we'd have calls from guests who'd already booked saying, oh well, the price has gone down, so I want that previous price, and it was really hard to justify. In 2020, when we went to a new website, obviously we went to a site where the prices are not shown until you put your dates in, and yeah. and I I just yeah I. We, we waited a long time for that. But then it has been said that while the rest of the world is in 2023, Canada is still back in 1955. Oh. <laughs> Maybe we will be catching up. And I'll, I'll probably get some backlash on that one. Hey, Thibaut, I'm going to take a short break just now to hear about our sponsor, Price Labs, uh, directly from one of their clients. And that's Terry White from Anna Maria Island Beach Rentals. So we're going to be right back with more from Tebow just after this. We own 
33 vacation rental properties and manage 43 others. I've always said the two things in this industry that will kill you faster than anything right now is your rates and your reviews. If you get either one of those wrong, you're going to get killed. I adapted very early to dynamic pricing simply because I realized very quickly I couldn't do it as well as they could. Even having 30 years of experience, knowing my competition very well, probably the two biggest mistakes I made was I underpriced my inventory too low at peak season. I priced it too high at shoulder season. And when I started exploring dynamic pricing tools, revenue management and stuff like that, I, I realized very quickly that they could do it much better than I could. What you can do in an hour in a PMS, you could do in 10 minutes in a pricing tool like Price Labs. On a portfolio level, on a group level, on an individual level, they're pretty powerful tools. I have great respect for Price Labs. That's my go-to pricing tool. And between market data and my data that I pulled from Price Labs, I'm in a pretty good place here. Excellent customer service, a superior pricing platform. I think that you'd be in pretty good hands if you chose Price Labs to be your pricing tool. was Terry White from Anna Maria Island Beach Rentals, someone else I've known for many, many years. I'm sure you know Terry as well. Tivo. Yes, it's much, much lot of respect for Terry. Man. Whenever it comes to, I mean, I love tech in the industry, right? And he's a go-to person whenever you want to talk about tech, PMSs. He's amazing. He's, a, he's so generous with this time. I know. I, amazing I talk to him so many times over the years about PMS, you know, should we change? What should we go to? And he was, he was amazingly helpful. So I want to talk to you about owners because we can't manage this business without our owners. That is impossible. You've got to have people who own the properties and you've got to work with them. And I know from my experience that convincing owners that prices need to be lowered as well as raised, particularly in this last year is really tough. It's very challenging. How can property managers get their owners to you know, get, it, get them into the right mindset to be confident that the platform is working on their side? Yeah, I think it's a really great question. That's, that's something we run into a lot, right? You may be a property manager or a revenue manager working for a property management company, and you may be convinced that it's, it's the way to go. But then you have to convince the, the owners as well, because I, I, we did talk before the break about the change of mindset, right? As, as travelers, we, used to, we are used now to see prices changing for airlines and stuff. But when you flip, flip the coin, sometimes as an owner, you're like, yeah, but would I like this for my property? Would I be comfortable with it? So the first thing before, uh, I think usually what we, we see with property managers is just to do exactly as we said. Uh, it's like you know, explaining that you know, as a tr- as a traveler, you may have seen airlines and hotels and you know, vacation rentals, uh, other places like changing their prices, and it's kind of like some expectation in the market. That's but also explaining that it's it's about adapting the demand. But the first thing we, we usually do, property you know, uh, managers can do, is before even turning on dynamic pricing, is for example to go and get. If I'm talking about here about Price Labs, for example, right? Price Labs has a, has a product called Market Dashboard. It's a market report. You have other tools in the market that give you market reports. But at least with this market report, you are able to, to show, yes, I do have data on your far away island, which I had doubt about before using Price Labs as a user before joining the company. They do because it's basically Price Labs scans the whole, all of Airbnb, all of Verbo and the rest. So there's data for all over the world. But with market dashboard, you're able to get data about you know the number of listings, the uh, the average revenues, the seasonal trends, all kind of lots of what the, what's going to happen. You know the occupancy, future occupancy for you know September, October, November, December, and the future prices and historical prices. So and you get graphs and and you can even what you can even do you can even upload your logo out there if you have a company and. Get this as nice PDF. And, and with this, you're actually able to show, because if it's very abstract to talk about, yes, market mm-hmm. you know, demand changes. and But if suddenly I'm, I'm, I'm showing to the owner, his or her own market that they know, 
they know their market and say, you, you know, it's seasonal, right? You know, the high season in your market is, for me, for example, it's December because it's Caribbean, it's Christmas, it's the winter destination. Like, oh, yeah. So they can see, they can they get it. So you can see, and that's really showing them their market. You say, see how occupancy is changing, CIT is changing. You can see the prices in the market, prices are changing. So we just want to embrace this. That's the reality of the market. We're going to help you ride this wave of demand. You can see, I mean, things go down at some point. In June, for example, in Caribbean, it's very low. So that's probably where we should be lowering our prices. But they should be probably lower than in May. May is still, still okay. So having a flat price for low season in May and June is not going to make sense because if, you, if, you too, if you're low, low enough for June, you're too low for May. Or if you have the May prices for June, you're too high to get any booking. So that kind of conversation has to be very concrete. Again, having a PDF which could be, again, you can, you can even print out, make things even more easier because people can use a, use a pen and show things with dialogue. So that's the first thing, showing this. There's actually data. You can actually sh- just show you the market. The second thing is then talking about the revenue upside. That should be very clear you know, in a sense that sometimes it's unlocking the fact that we are able to push prices at more higher than we thought we would be able. So, so there's some resistance here because oh, we don't want to be too expensive. But sometimes, you know what? It's the demand. If you're an owner, you have this one night to sell. It either sells or not a certain price, right? There's no, you're not going to be able to sell like uh, 20 items. Now, today, I'm not saying 20 nights. I'm saying with that one night. So I want to maximize the price of that one night I have. So that's also a mindset where to say to the people, it's okay to ask for more because again, we'll be dropping the prices at some point, maybe to be able to, again, match demand. And you have to talk about safeguards. Like, for example, there's, you, you're going to set up, a, set up a minimum price, right? You're not going to pri- drop the prices like crazy, right? So there's, there's safeguards. Uh, so what we see in the end, a lot of time for team managers, is a kind of dialogue and say, maybe you could have like, you can say maybe you're going to decide on, on a base price, a price around which the, pri- the prices would pivot, and we'll do plus minus 20%, for example, for the first mm-hmm. year, right? So it's like, it's a way to be dynamic, but within bounds, boundaries that the, the, the homeowner is, is okay with. And then usually the year after, it's okay to remove these boundaries because they see that it's, usually it's, uh, it's, uh, it's okay. It's, it's going to well. So it's a, just a way to go about it. And last thing I would say, usually property managers try with five properties out of the portfolio just to get used to the tool, for example, or just to use them as use cases to convince the, your, your neighbor is doing this. Your neighbor is doing it. That also works a lot as we all know. <laughs> That's great. I love the idea of having something printed. People like to see something that they can, on paper still, that they can actually see that shows all the figures. And, and yes, if you can have graphs and something that's, that's really visible that indicates what they might be missing out on if they don't follow. And the report also shows competing listings, right? Uh, so you should look, mm-hmm. you, look at your competitors, look at what they're doing. So suddenly you're like, okay, it's really, really well concrete because you can see, oh, it's your neighbor's house. That's their prices. Again, it's very concrete. Mm-hmm. The other thing I really liked, and I've forgotten what the other thing I really liked was. I'll come back to that. <laughs> it's one of those moments, Thibaut. So is this an easy DIY route to follow? I mean, we, we talked about this, you know, manually. I, I can see it's it's tough to do it manually, but even even with using a platform like Price Labs, can somebody do it themselves, or do they need somebody to help them out do it for them? I know there's dedicated revenue managers in large companies, but if if you're just starting out or you just got a one or two properties, can you do it yourself? Yeah, so the the one, two, three properties, I'm in this case, right, and I, I did it myself, and. Um, I didn't know much about revenue management before joining the company, to be really honest. I'm just, it was just like you. And to me, by, by the way, it was just about pricing. Uh, so uh, you talked earlier about set and forget it. Quite some people use price labs this way, actually. They trust the algorithm. They're going to set up basically a, a base price, which is going to say or oh, um, indicate my, my, I'm in this market, my property is maybe more high-end or more affordable or I'm, I'm in the middle of the market. And then they will let the prices fluctuate with what we see in the data. Uh, maybe they're going to se- usually they're going to set up as well a minimum price. And what they're going to set up as well is at least some kind of minimum stay restrictions. Like we don't take bookings 
below five nights, for example. And then they would let the machine go. And that's what I, I did. And I would go every month just to say, oh, do I need to uh, refresh this base price? This, this, this pivot, this like, big price that's uh, in the middle of everything. And Price Labs, for example, has tools to give you advice on how to come up with base price. Uh, this, this, we're going to analyze your immediate, we're going to analyze the 100, 250 properties around yours. Your listing and see how they're doing. And again, given depending on the standard you think you are, I'm going to say, you know, for this standard, your base price should be this and that, and then you're going to make prices fluctuate. So it's very easy. Now, if you're a larger company, you have more listings, right? And again, you could usually companies that have fewer than 100 listings will do it on their own. Again, it's 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 an average, obviously, right? But that's what we see in the sense that usually would be the person in charge of, of the supply of the inventory or could be also a re- reservation manager. Kind of depends, but somebody who has, who's already got a job, <laughs> they're also tasked with doing this, right? They would add a new property uh, through the PMS that would basically synchronize with the PMS price labs. That's, that's going to show up in price labs and they're going to set it up. And what's good is that you can then have groups. What I mean is that you can imagine you have a group for a certain market or you have group, for example, your new properties. Imagine your new properties. Maybe you won't have mm-hmm. a bit more, you won't be more, a bit more aggressive because you can get review, review, reviews fast because as soon as you have reviews, you have this vir- virtual circle, you can increase your prices. So maybe you have, so maybe a new listing you're going to add to this group that's already got its own settings about you no know, price strategy or minimum stays. It's all there. So it's, so, so it's actually doable because then you basically think more of groups. You don't have to have like an individual strategy for the 100 properties you have. You, you can, but also you're saving time suddenly, right? So you have like, so we have the analytics. With analytics, you're able to see some kind of performance metrics and see which properties are not going okay. And then you can focus on those and do the changes for those. So even if you have, again, inventory below 100, 100 listings, it's still doable because basically the ones in red are the ones where you need, need your attention. Now what we see after 100, after between 100 and say 400, something like this, uh, people tend maybe to hire a consultant, so an external who's going to do this for them. There's plenty of revenue management companies who do this. And then after this, they tend to hire someone. So that's, that's again, that's, that's what we see, right? It's, you don't have to wait to have 100, more than 100 listings to hire a revenue management company. Maybe with 20 properties, luxury, maybe you want to do this because, you know, if you miss out, miss out on the booking, that's a lot of money you're missing out on. This is certainly a part of me wishes I was back in my business um, because I think this it sounds like such fun to do. It is. It is. Um, it gives you. It gives you. A, a let so, me, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I love it as well. I'm excited. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what else was I going to ask you? Oh, I know what I was going to say. It was about revenue management and the growth, in fact, of of the whole discipline of revenue management because five or six, maybe 10 years ago, it wasn't a discipline in its own right. Now there is a growing network of revenue managers. And then there's even a conference that is dedicated to it. Amy Hynotes, DARM, Data and Revenue Management Conference, which incidentally will be in Nashville in, uh, in December, the first week of December. Will I see you there? Uh, may not be there because I think it's um, we have holidays with the kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh well, I'm sure Price Labs will be there. So, oh for um, sure, it, because it is one of the it is the uh, the can't miss. It's such a focused conference, but this is something that was never thought of six or seven years ago, and the fact that there would be a conference totally focused on data and revenue management but, just shows but, but how you know, important it is. Important in how little education there is out there it's it's not just a conference for people who know things it's a lot of people go there to learn things right it's the value is amazing because mm-hmm. in terms of revenue management like i said hotels are there right each hotel has a revenue manager and but they, because they get to, they go to uh hotel you know, schools in a way and they do exist and you do you have revenue management classes but vacation rentals are different right a hotel is one building with prop with um, room types, and maybe you have twenty two bedrooms, oh, two bed, it's a two, two, 20 single beds and twenty double beds, right? Vacation rentals, you have like fifty properties, they're all different, uh, different locations, and it's it's very different. So you can't 
you can't completely transfer these skills from the hotel hotel world to our world. So a conference like this, or that's why we try to do with Price Labs as well. We know that we have to educate people. It's not that we think people don't know their market, people know the market. But again, the skills are just happening now. There's not, I mean, there's not many schools out there for vacation rentals in terms of regular management. So yeah, the more we can, like on this podcast, the more we can do to say, you know, there's this resources out there, just try to learn more and see for yourself. It's, it's very important. And it's been interesting. I've been talking to quite a few people recently before I started really delving into Price Labs and asking them, you know, who do they use? And it's been interesting to hear so many people now saying, oh, I'm, I'm, using, I'm using Price Labs. And, and those are much smaller owners, as, you know, small, smaller companies, whether it's somebody managing four or five properties that they own themselves, like you owning your two properties. And so, so it, it is for the smaller operator just as much as it is for the... Uh, that, was, that was surprised when I joined the company. Companies. When I joined the company to do marketing, I was expecting to have like, which they do have large property management companies as clients with hundreds of properties. When I look, the, the biggest number is people with one or two properties because there's, there's plenty of us out there, right? It's just It does mean it's interesting because a lot of people mm-hmm. basically are on Airbnb. And Airbnb has a dynamic pricing tool, as I said, but they don't trust it. They say, wait a minute, you're going to be deciding the prices for me, but how do I know it's in my interest as a host? And it, it's kind of true because Airbnb, in a way, their interest is to make sure booking is happening, right? And the guests and the hosts are kind of happy. So it's not optimizing completely for in the host's interest all the time. That's... Obviously, right? Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of people even with just one property on Airbnb, not even multiple channels, not even using a PMS, anything. They directly plug Airbnb into price labs. And to me, that was fascinating. It's fascinating because it does talk to how important prices is it, and people, people realize this, this and how um, some people are willing to learn the tools and, and use them even for this one property. And it's, it's very affordable, I must say, as well, right? That's also something to understand is that it's very affordable I think I think prices start nineteen dollars a month for one listing, so it's you 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 earn it back very soon, right? So I, here I just want to say that it's not to push the prices. Because again, I think almost all competitors are about the same price. I mean, we're of course we have a good price, but what I just mean to say what's fun, fascinating. We hear a lot about AI, all these things. Suddenly, all these tools give you so much power for not too much money. It is it is mind-boggling, right? Mind-boggling, and mm-hmm. so we're not using AI, but we're using machine learning, which is a kind of like data thing in a way, close to uh, like a family of AI, if we will. So to me, it's very, very impressive how, uh, all these tools in a way we're talking about, oh, how AI is going to change vacation rentals. But you know, dynamic pricing has been here for a few years. So it's already there. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. I just, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in other, in messaging and all these kind of tools because that's impacting our industry big time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, tell us a little bit more about Price Labs now, and what could what could somebody expect if they sign up? Oh, sure. Um, so if you go to pricelabs.co, you can start. You can create an account and uh, start a free trial for thirty days. So basically, you're going to go to Price Labs, and if you have a PMS, you're going to select among. We have, I think we. I think I know we are integrated with more than hundred PMSs. So there's a good chance your PMS, PMS is going to be on the list. And then we're going to import your listings. And all the research or data I talked about, uh, you're able to do this for free. The 30 days only start when you hit the button and say start syncing. We're going to send then back the prices to your PMS. And the PMS is going to send prices back to, you know, on Airbnb and Booking and the rest every 24 hours. So for 30 days, this this is free, right? You can see this. We have free onboarding. So it means that, for example, every day we do a live training. Every day, so you just you can get your training, get your questions answers. Because again, education is key in this thing. If you don't educate people, help them use the tool, we're not successful. They're not successful because then, and then we are we miss everybody's missing out. So that's really really our goal. We're big on this. Yeah, that's that's what we do. And last thing I want to say as well is that a, a mistake I made before joining Price Labs was to think it was about pricing. It's not just about pricing. So about minimum stays. For example, in my market, people used to do. Saturday to Saturday, seven days, right? And I used to do this only, right? With Price Labs, looking at charts, looking at data, I could see there was a lot of demand for five and six nights, but nobody was doing this. And like, you know what? I'm going to open my calendar. You know, I w- I'm going to, it's easy in Price Labs to create rules, basically. And the rule is like, 
if I only got bookings, if in between there's a gap, and if the gap is, I'm okay with opening for five or six nights, but I am going to increase the prices by 20% on top of what you price lab is telling me to put, because I still have fixed costs. I still have the cleaning to do, the same villa, right? But I'm okay with that, and I know there's demand. And it worked out. It was fascinating for me. I was like, uh, it was the first week after Price Lab. When you join Price Labs, whoever you are, you do marketing, sales, develop, develop a tech, everybody has to do customer support. Even today, sometimes when you ask support for help, you may be talking to the CEO or the founders. Everybody has to do this. So I did my training. After a week, I came back. I'm like, wow, I have to change settings for my property because I never do this minimum stay thing. I have to be flexible as well in stays because, of course, I have to impose longer stays in the high season, shorter stays in between. But what do I do between two bookings? Well, I should open that and but automate this. So that's that's what you'll be able to see with Price Labs, the pricing and minimum stays. And again, usually you start out with just a few settings. You see how it runs. And you learn more and start doing more. Don't do everything at first. And tell me what uh, what the 2023 breakthrough release is. What is it bringing to current and future clients? So I'm, I'm sure we have some current clients on here and listening to this. So what is new? Yeah, so Price Labs was founded in 2014 and has, you know, has been, I think it has had 10 versions of its pricing algorithm, the, the thing behind that makes, creates the pricings. Last week, we launched a brand new version that's completely revamped version. So basically, it's not just an update in the sense that the algorithm has been replaced with a new algorithm, something completely new. It's been rewritten. And the difference is, basically, we go from a market level um, pricing to hyper-local pricing. Basically, what it means is that we know that from one side of a city, from one side of an island to another, the market is not the same. So refocus on the trends of what's happening in your property and the properties around yours to be able to even create price predictions that are even more accurate. And that's that's very unique in the industry. We are the only ones doing this. Also, what we another example of what we're doing, we've released something called smart presets. And smart presets is a way for you to easily take control of the algorithm. There's 30 different customizations we have on our uh, software. Customization, you know, I talked about this earlier, like day of the week, seasonality, all the things you want to customize in the algorithm. It may be a lot, it could be overwhelming if you're just starting out. With smart presets, basically, you tell us whether it's the fir- you have a short-term rental, is it the first time you're using dynamic pricing or not? And depending on this, we're only going to show you the customizations you need to think about for the moment. And you can even, even give you advice on the settings for each customization. So again, it's just more powerful, more accurate, and you have more control in a more user-friendly way. And that's just the algorithm. We also have like 25 other new product features. You should just go to pricelabs.co slash breakthrough. And um, my team and I have have created this page to make sure you have all the information for this. And uh, we're pretty excited. I must say it's a a very big launch for Price Labs and... um, yeah, and and look, even if you're a new user, you'll be you'll be able to have this new algorithm. For example, right? If you're a current user, we'll tell you how to migrate to make sure everything goes well because it's a big change. That sounds fantastic. I'm learning it at the moment because, uh, as I said in the introduction, we only endorse product where we like the people. We know the products, so I I know of the products of the from the people that I've spoken to who use it, but I also want to educate myself. So I'm I'm out there educating me right now. Thibaut, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back after eight years. Well, thank you so <laughs> and... much. Thank you so much, Heather. And I, j- just to <laughs> make sure, no, I did see you in between. We saw each other in, in a few oh. different places, <laughs> which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, we, we sat together in it. In, in Amsterdam, I'll never forget sitting together with you in Amsterdam while you were trying to teach me how to use Instagram. And I still, you know, that was five years ago. I still haven't <laughs> done that yet. <laughs> but it's always, it's always a pleasure when we, uh, when we do have time to get together. Yeah, last time was only a couple of months ago on that. Uh, on a boat. Bobbing up and down a lot on that boat in um, Barcelona. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with the uh, with 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 the drunk not drunk magician, with the sick magician. 
<laughs> Poor guy. He was not drunk. He was. He just. He was seasick. terribly seasick. Which I. I thought if you're going to be seasick, why do you take up a? Why do you take a gig doing your doing boat. your magic on a boat? It's a shame he couldn't have magicked his seasickness away. But it was a little bit rough, I have to say. Oh. <laughs> so I, if I won't see you um, in uh, in Nashville, I hope that we get the opportunity to meet at uh, at another venue at some time in the near future. And in the meantime. Lots of love to you and your family, and uh, it will be good to see you again. Same to you, Heather. Thanks a lot. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Thibaut. What an absolute pleasure to spend some time with you again. As he said, it's been eight years since he's last been on the podcast, but uh, I last saw him in Barcelona just a couple of months ago, which was great, and to also meet so many of the Price Labs team there as well. So I think I'm pretty much educated now on dynamic pricing. I know I'd love to I'd love to have my time over. Go back and certainly adopt some dynamic pricing strategies and better revenue management strategies than we had in place when I ran our company. I always wanted to, but for us for the longest time there just wasn't the data there and then I don't know, it just never came to be. And no amount of Andrew McConnell telling me over and over again I was leaving money on the table. I knew it, but hey, can't have that time back. But if I did, then I would be heading down that road for sure. I would be using software. I would get some automations on the way and at least trying it out. There's really no excuse for not trying it out. And given Price Labs is offering a 30-day free trial where you can give it a, give it a whirl, why would you not do that? So anyway, you can go to Price Labs and check that out. All right, that is it for another week. Time is moving on. I am going to be, and you're going to hear it, be hearing about this, you know, those of you who listen to this podcast year after year, and I know I have some wonderfully loyal listeners and subscribers who have been listening for the last nine years. It's coming up to the fall and it will soon be the end of October and I'll be heading down to Gulf Shores again for the winter. Cannot wait, can't wait to, I don't mean I can't wait to get out of Ontario, but I, I really look forward to my winters. And we've had a great summer here in Ontario, but I will certainly be enjoying my winter down in Alabama. As ever, those of you who are in Alabama who want to do a meetup, I will be there from the end of, oh, well, the beginning of November, November the 1st through to the end of March. So let's get something together. I met a few people last year. It's, it's always a pleasure. And, you know, it was nice to go sit outside and have a cup of coffee or go for lunch or something like that. So let me know. You can always uh, contact me, go to vacationrentalformula.com, go to contact and uh, send me a message. It would be lovely. Okay, that's it. Thank you for tuning in. Always a pleasure to be with you. And I will hand you over to Mike for a few words from our sponsor. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Price Labs, and their dynamic pricing and revenue management tools. Click the link in the description of this episode for more information. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>